This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, my peers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Peers Project podcast. In today's conversation, my peers, our guest, another brilliant, award-winning young entrepreneur, and I talk about this idea of being able to seize opportunities as they come. You know, I think so many of us have been taught quite restrictive beliefs by society. You know, we're told that we're too young or we're too old to start something of our own. We're told to finish our degrees first and get a quote-unquote real job before being able to pursue what we actually want. We're always being told what's best for us by others and we're really allowing ourselves to be fed uninspiring advice from those around us who think they know better. And unfortunately, my peers, this can lead us to feel completely suffocated, confused, and just uninspired about where we're headed. At least, you know, this is how I felt, you know, and it wasn't until I gave myself room to think and to figure out what I actually wanted from my career and my life in general that I started to really realize how absurd some of the things society has taught us actually are. And that is why I am so excited for today's episode, my peers, and for the conversation that you're all about to listen to with one of Sydney's fiercely courageous young entrepreneurs, Jaden Harris. Jaden is the co-founder and COO of Forever Network, a leading social-first media company. Along with his co-founder, Jaden has grown Forever Network into the number one media company in Australia, as ranked by Sharably. Jaden was listed on the Forbes 30 Under 30 Class of 2018 in the media marketing and advertising category, and also serves on the board of the environmental education charity, Green. What I love about Jaden's story, my peers, is how he never waited to be given permission to do what he actually wanted to do. You know, he wasn't afraid to seize every opportunity that came his way and just run with it. And in today's episode, he really does teach us to do the same. Remember to share this episode with your close mates. Just copy the link and send it straight through to them right now so that they don't miss out on the gems of wisdom that Jaden gives in today's episode, my peers. 
Also remember to take a screenshot of today's episode, episode 41 of the show, tag the Peers Project and Jaden Harris so that we know you're listening in. So without further ado, my peers, here is my conversation with the brilliant Jaden Harris. Jaden, welcome to the Peers Project. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me on. Really excited. Of course. Cool. So, you know, you and I connected on LinkedIn only, you know, v- very recently, actually. Yeah. And um, when I saw your feature in the Forbes 30 Under 30 Asia of this year, and when I learned about you and just the phenomenal work you've done in, you know, the last few years, I knew I had to have you come to the show. So I really appreciate you making the time to be here today. I know. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Cool. Of course. So before we dive into you and your work, I want to start with a question that I often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, what did your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life, in your career so far? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So my dad is a small business owner. So he runs a uh, real estate agency in Sydney. Uh, and I think you know, that's had a, a pretty good impact on my work ethic. Uh, he's always been putting in the long hours, particularly when I was a younger kid. Uh, it's a bit more relaxed now, thankfully. <laughs> but um, I guess there was that first-hand insight into what it's like to really have the buck stop with you. Uh, and, you know, you, you can't let anything slip through the cracks because there's no one else to clean up the mess. And the only person that's hurting is, is you. Um, but I think perhaps more interestingly, my mum was an early childhood educator. Oh. Uh, and I think that had a really big impact on me, obviously, because I had a pretty great upbringing with her uh, when you're an early childhood educator. You, you tend to be pretty good at bringing up young kids, but also uh, just her personal skills and her empathy in, in meeting people in the community. And I think that, is, that has really helped us. Uh, I mean, you can only be so good at spreadsheets or, or those kind of technical aspects of the business, but in the end, it all comes down to, to people relations and, and getting the best out of people. So I think, I think that has had a, a pretty big impact on, on, on the work that we've been doing in the last couple of years. Mm. I love that. And I think it's so cool that you've touched on that. I so resonate with that idea of it being about people, mm. being about those connections. I mean, we've talked about that a lot today in today's interviews and it just, it really is the glue to everything, you know? So talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, let's dive into to Jaden the early years. You know, what, what were some of the things that you did as a child? You know, did these kind of interpersonal relationships play out at that early age or was it really developed later? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think... Um I've always had a really strong interest in uh, kind of what people are thinking, you know, what makes people tick uh, from a kind of, you know, a content and a media perspective, which makes sense for our business, but also um, from a, a kind of a campaigning perspective, um, which is what I did a bit of volunteering work in in my earlier years, uh, you know, working on, on campaigns around climate change and, you know, just thinking about how do you get people to see your side of, of things and, and what makes them tick. Um, and so... That, that was one of the early genesis of what we were working with Forever Network. So um, my co-founder who I went to high school with, Alex, uh, he was uh, an amazing content producer, producing really great videos and really great basketball edits. And we, we were starting to put them up online, um, solving the problem that we had, which was, you know, basically sitting in the back of a classroom. Uh, there was no way to kind of sneakily check under your, you know, with the phone in your lap or hidden in your pencil case, MBA scores and, and highlights because everything was was really text-based. It was really clunky on a phone. There was nothing that was exciting, uh, and you know there was there was nothing that was being produced on the social platforms that we're all on that we could then share with our friends. You'd have to go to someone's website. You'd have to watch an ad for ten seconds. You know, and this is you know whilst you're, you're trying to you know, hide, hide from the teacher. So <laughs> <laughs> think about 
priority CRJ. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So so we were like, well, it's kind of you know these things are just packaged up and mm-hmm. and, and put into into short form clips that that can be viewed on a mobile device anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was something that I was seeing as well from the bit of volunteering work that I was doing is well, how do we young people are all on these platforms like why like we can reach them there we can have so much of an impact hitting people there and so that that really started to get me thinking about you know what is social strategy how do we how do we go about those elements um, so but that that was really the the, the founding moment and since then it's, it feels like years ago now <laughs> it is <laughs> it, years ago it is yes so I find so just to clarify on that that was at high school that you kind of wow so the idea for what you're doing now really spurred into high school and then yeah well, it wasn't a business when we started yeah, no, it was it was not. just a hobby yeah. um, and it was only wow. until um, 2015 when we incorporated the company and turned it in mm. but it was it was really a passion project and a hobby and uh, you know my, myself and Alex we both had a number of different weird ones we've got mm. a lot of random Facebook pages and all sorts of stuff like that but um, <laughs> yeah just basketball forever is the one that really took off and we really hit a had a passion point for, but um, yeah, it was, it was it was pretty early. We we're just having fun, mm. you know, distracting ourselves from schoolwork. Of course, I mean w- w- the important things in life. Um, okay, I find that fascinating. So you know, whilst you're you know high school, just navigating and kind of building this social platform that you just personally love to do because it's your passion project. What did you think about what you wanted to do for yourself in the future? Like, not often do we start something in high school and actually mm. that turns into our career. You know, we have university. I mean, you studied at the University of Un- of Sydney. Um, government and international relations and economics. I mean, talk to me a bit about that transition from high school through to uni around your career and what you wanted to do. Yeah, I I guess I was um, not sure exactly what I wanted to do, but always had a really strong interest in economics and policy and and politics. And so that was a really easy choice for me to to study that at uni. Um, And I found that really useful, even though it's not applicable to what I'm doing now, Mm. just those those skills of critical thinking and analysis. And it's it's been really interesting. But I... um, I, I, I did want to do a startup. Um, I didn't know what it was, um, but that was that was sitting in the back of our minds. Um, and so it's kind of been a convergence between that sort of uh, the media and the, the content side of things um, and, and going into that in a way from what I guess I expected I'll be doing, some sort mm-hmm. of grad job at a you know, <laughs> government department or something like that. <laughs> but um, no, it's been, it's been a really exciting ride. And I, I, I don't think that I could have imagined a better way to do it in terms of, and for young people out there thinking about a career. Um, you know, I, I, I stayed at uni and was just finishing it off really slowly. Um, still am actually doing, you know, one, yeah, one subject yeah. here and there. Um, and there was no rush to finish and taking on a startup on the side and then having that become our full-time jobs. I think I've learned way more from that, of course. Uh, and so it's really been the last couple of years, you know, a bit of uni and then working full-time in a startup has been you know, a phenomenal learning that I don't think you could get from any one uni degree or, or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I really do think doing a startup is probably much better than doing a commerce degree for people out there who are really interested in, in business. Um, it's, it's fascinating how much you learn when it actually affects you. It's not just the, you, know, you actually become interested in the abstract theory of accounting or business laws or something because it, it affects you mm. and, and it's, it's a roadblock to, to your success. Mm. I love that. And I think that idea of you almost created like a hybrid career for yourself or a, a hybrid couple of years at uni where you, you were like, I still want to do uni. I still want to get this degree. But I also have a really, like, I want to pursue this passion. I want to pursue this startup. I want to learn about business, see the practicalities of it, of it all. And 
I think that idea around grasping opportunities as they come up and just turning them into things is something that it's a huge takeaway for you. So, I mean, what advice would you give to some of our peers out there listening who, you know, perhaps they're in a, you know, they're at uni still, but they have this really great idea and, and they're not too sure if they should invest time in that or how to juggle their time. You know, what advice would you give? Yeah, it's really tough. And Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I've seen a bit of. So we went through a uh, incubate program here in Sydney, uh, which is connected to Sydney University. Um, It's called Incubate. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so that was really the first part of our journey. And that was incredible because we were two uh, 20-year-olds trying to build a global business just getting started. And without going into that environment where we were surrounded by like-minded people who were trying to do similar things, uh, and also the, the network of mentors and, and supporters they have around it who said, you know what, you guys are onto something. You need to keep going for this, um, which you don't get in many other places. Uh, and so I think, you know, the first thing would be finding that network, finding that group of people, you know, going along to events. Even if you don't have an idea yet, that's fine. I mean, like it, it takes years to develop something good. Uh, and, and, you know, we'd been working, we were quite lucky that we had a little bit of a product market fit before we went into the program. But even the people who went into the program, you know, they had managed to develop that over the, the course of it, which that would have taken them months or years outside. So really just getting head first in you know, doing internships with other startups like you, you it, it's startup environments are so crazy. It's so hard to and they're different in every startup as well. So it's just getting your yeah diving right in and, and, and getting a sense of the opportunities and, and the environment because it's, it's, it's really hard to explain and to sort of contextualise without having that, that first-hand experience. And the best way to get that is obviously as well from being around people who are doing it and experiencing that firsthand. Uh, and there was a lot of people in the Incubate program that we're in who, you know, those people who were interested in startups, they didn't have something yet, but they'd show up to, and see the founders who were just swamped with issues around them. And, you know, if they put their hand up and said, oh, I'll help you solve this. Like, don't pay me anything. Don't get me on board yet, but I'll just help that solve that problem uh, and then that kind of leads to you know you being a really critical part of the company and and, and being on board when 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 the funding comes and, and the hirings are starting to be made uh, so saw that a little bit but i think yeah getting involved in the community it's it's it is a pretty good community particularly here in sydney uh, in supporting each other but that'd be the number one thing i'd say mm. i love that so many so many great takeaways from today and i uh, there's so many things that i can just see i'm going to be listing out in the show notes for everyone to take note of but something that I find fascinating about you and just it's so much more evident now that you're here and we're chatting is your idea to just take hold of opportunities and step up and put yourself at the forefront. You know, I think as millennials, as, you know, the next generation coming through, many of us are told that, oh, you're too young. Or, you know, why don't you just get your degrees first and then you can go off and do that? You know, (laughs) so many things that we're taught all this rubbish, I like to call it. But, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you got yourself in that mindset of we can do it regardless of age. Yeah, so I think that that first started when I was I was still in high school um, and was really concerned about climate change, and there wasn't really a way for high school students to do anything about that. Um, you know, we didn't have the the high school climate strikes that are happening at the moment, and so uh, I was going along to you know a couple of these events, and there was you know, I was the youngest person in the room by far. Mm. It wasn't until I went to uh, this one congress run by an organisation called Ausgreen, which uh, you know they said to us, "Say you guys are not the leaders of tomorrow; you're the leaders of today, uh, and you know you can step up right now and have an impact." And so that was the fir- my first kind of startup experience in a way, because after that there was a group of us who went away and co-founded a small network of high school students called SciCan. 
And so it was really a community group of high school students. We'd meet up you know, once or twice a month outside of school and uh, sort of collectively plan campaigns and, and local events in our community and also, uh, you know, school sustainability programs when there was only a few of us at a school, you know, linking up with people from outside of school. So it was really, again, that, that kind of power of networks, but also, you know, we weren't waiting for teachers to tell us to do it. We weren't waiting for anyone. We, we just jumped right in. And so that was my first moment of, wow, okay, you can actually, you know, it, it's, you don't have to wait for someone to, to, to tell you what to do or, you know, that moment is never going to come. You've just got to step up and create it. And, you know, if, if it's not there, really, you know, form it yourself, find other people and, and just get going. And that really did lead into Forever Network again. Like we were, we were going along and we, we, we saw Incubate and we, we applied. And that's when we realised that we had something and we needed to run at it now and, and go forward because... I couldn't wait too much longer, you know, there'd be many more media companies moving into our space. The time was now, we didn't have time to finish our degrees or, you know, do whatever else we wanted to do, you know, go work at another company, get some experience. We, we had to jump in and, and start building fast. Hmm. And jump in you did. <laughs> so let's dive into kind of those early days of Forever Network. So, you know, once you'd gotten into Incubate and you kind of gotten those mentors aboard, you'd gotten the validation of what you were doing, what came next? You know, what were some of those early challenges you faced? Yeah, so I think when we first started, we had um, uh, like relatively small following. We had about half a million on Facebook compared to what <laughs> we have now. Small following, guys. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was crazy. It was chaos. We had a number of different people who had helped us start it, a number of people all around the world, um, lots of different people involved, but no real structure around what we're doing. So the first thing that we focused on doing was getting some structure around that. And we were really lucky when we finished incubate that we got a our first seed investment from a, a vc here in sydney tempest partners um which allowed us to bring myself and alex the co-founders on board full-time uh and just setting about putting in place some structure around content so you know we, we brought together our contributing network we brought together and really sorted out our editorial schedule um our content slate our creative style really refined them uh started doing lots of testing and learning as to what was going to actually make us start to grow at a meaningful rate um and that was the first challenge and it took you know basically a year to really get a lot of those things uh, in place and right. But then after that, we were seeing the growth really pick up. Uh, so that was our first huge challenge. And there's a lot of things, I guess, that we could unpack within that. Um, but it, 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 that feels like a, a distant time away mm-hmm. from now. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, giving a bit of history of Forever Network, the next challenge that we had was, you know, getting towards the end of our, the burn of the money that we'd raised and we didn't have any revenue. So we're like, okay, we, we need to, to go out and do business development. Um, and unlock a lot of different revenue revenue streams. And so I guess we took a pretty similar approach. We kind of um, boxed it down into what are the different streams that we can activate and doing sort of a small test on each of them, sort of learning where we worked, where we didn't work so well. So in, for example, advertising and media sponsorships, which is a, a big chunk of our revenue now mm. at the time to, you know, 21 year olds walking into <laughs> <laughs> brands offices and agencies offices. Yeah. We, we're not getting anywhere. <laughs> they weren't going to trust us with any of their budgets. Yeah. We'd never done it. We had no agency experience um and so we realized right okay we need to put that one on the side for the moment get something fast going so that we can keep the company going and we need to find some some older people who have done this to probably sell it for us and help us get it off the ground so that we can learn and work with them um but yeah that's 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 sort of the the early formal challenges we kind of broke it into two parts and we were lucky that we had a bit of funding on the way to help us do that a lot of a lot of startups I think, you know, when you, you know, you're trying to build a plane whilst jumping off a cliff, um, <laughs> we were lucky to sort of build one wing and then build the other. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we like to do that, sort of break it down into different 
smaller bite-sized challenges. Mm. I think that's a huge takeaway that the idea of whatever that challenge is, whether it's we need more revenue into the business, whether it's how do we market this, whether it's to who do we need to bring on board, it's about breaking it down into those bite-sized pieces. And something that, yeah, something I think many of us just get overwhelmed by the whole problem and and kind of almost could stop there and just go, I'll leave that. But, you know, instead, you know, taking on board those bite sizes and tackling it. Mm. I love it. So, Talk to us a little bit about, I loved when you said, you know, what resonated with me me most from what you said was that idea around we had to get people on board who could pitch for us almost because of the fact that that just wasn't our specialty or that wasn't, you know, people weren't taking us seriously. Talk to us a bit about that hiring process, that team building process. Yeah, it's a challenging one. Um, and it's probably like the, the number one job of a founder really is, is, is setting you know, amongst all the other things, but really <laughs> setting a team and, and getting people on and, and building that culture because we had been really fortunate where we, in, in, in terms of our content and our processes, there's a lot that just one or two people could do in laptops in Sydney, you know, at <laughs> the back of a classroom somewhere yeah. or uh, at, at home. Um, but that's been a, a big challenge, I think, is you know, how do we, what, what happens, who, who do we get in first and, and scaling that up? Um, and I think for us, it's been about finding people who are really mission aligned as well. The, the, the best people that we've brought on, uh, you know, some young people similar to our age, they're in it for the long, they're long they want to build something and they live and breathe it every day. They live and breathe the NBA. And so, you know, when they're checking the score highlights at 1 a.m., uh, making, still making content into the night, you know, that's fun. They'd be doing that anyway. And we had a lot of people who we found like that. It's, it's a big benefit of working with sports media is that, you know, the passion is huge. Mm. <laughs> and so, uh, Don't have a problem we're, there. We're, we're kind of getting, we, in the early days, we had a lot of people who were submitting us designs and we didn't have to, you know, reach out to them and, and get them to do that. They were just coming to us. And uh, so we had a bit of a funnel in terms of the content process. And so we've been lucky to find a lot of our best people from within that network uh, and building relationships with them. And some of them were, you know, people who we've only just recently met when we've travelled overseas to connect with them or they've, they've come to Australia or coming to Sydney. Uh, but we've been working with them for years over the internet just with, with Skype. Uh, you know, they were teenagers. We've we sort of grown up together <laughs> having them and now having them on board as a part of the team is is really exciting. So I think the, the, the number one thing is finding people who are mission aligned. Um, you know, the skill sets can be developed. A lot of the things can be taught, but you know, you can't, you can't teach someone how to buy into your mission. I love that. And I think that's so aligned with what we talk about here in the Pierce Project. It's that passion piece. Mm. You can't teach someone passion. No. You know, they have to either innately have it or you have it or you don't. That's it. And I love how that's, you know, it's come up in conversation a lot today, that idea around having those value alignment, mission alignment. And it's so cool to see that it's it's kind of formed the basis of your team now. Okay, so interesting. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the progression of Forever Network. So, you know, it's been three and a half, just over three and a half years now. Yeah. You know, you've you've become one of the fastest growing media companies in the world. Um, you know, you're reaching you know across different platforms monthly over sixty million people. Um, you know, your social engagement is twenty times the media industry average, and you know, Shreebly ranked you as the number one media company in Australia. Australia for engagement, social engagements. That is huge. You know, you talk to us a little bit about the last few years, you know, the last, the recent year or the recent two years of your business and when you kind of knew it started to take off. 
Yeah, I, I don't think there really was a, you know, a rocket ship moment um, where we kind of saw it come together. But definitely one of them was when we, the, the first key one when we kind of sat up was when we got accepted into Incubate. Um, we joined it there because that was the validation that, you know, we didn't have the experience in the startup sector or in the media sector for someone to say, you know what, that is actually really meaningful. And so when James and the guys at Incubate said, you're onto something, we want you in the program, we're going to find mentors and advisors to help you out over these next couple of months. That was like, okay, wow, we've we've got to we're going to go all in in, in uh, incubate over the next few months. That was our first moment, uh, and then I guess you know the next one was receiving the investment after incubate. It was like, wow, okay, now we're now we're actually getting taken seriously. This is the path is is you know the mountain. I can see, I can actually see the mountain now. It's huge, but I can see it. <laughs> it's before, inside, it was, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally inside. Um, I think that they were the first few pivotal moments, um, which you know the adrenaline was still kind of running off. <laughs> um, but since then, it's 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 yeah, it's 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 only gotten harder uh, as it do when you you start to actually see. You know, you start climbing and realize, wow, okay, this is this is really hard. Um, we've we've come so far, but there's still so so much further to go. Um, but I think you know a lot of the, a lot of those achievements that we've had have been from um, you know a couple of our principles, which I think might might be good to touch on. Uh, and so the first one is is really we're, we're just from the start unashamedly social first and audience first. So we we didn't have a business model that we were trying to kind of retrofit into social, like you know existing media companies were. As you would if you've got a, a really successful publicly listed company, you'd be you'd be interested in defending that. But we we didn't have anything like that, so we were able to just say we're going to go with what our audience likes. We're going to just tailor exactly to that. We're going to tailor exactly to what Facebook wants us to do and what the latest algorithm changes are. Uh, and we're going to build a huge brand and a really good affinity with that brand on those platforms. Um, with fingers crossed that we'll solve the other half of the challenge along the way, which is what we're really working on at the moment. So I think you know part of it was obviously. Some some pretty healthy naivety, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also that some, naivety, yeah. <laughs> uh, and some um, you know lack of lack of knowledge really. But um, that was to our strength um, mm. because if we had years of in- industry experience, we we wouldn't have gone down that path. We wouldn't have had some of the assets um, that we have today. So I think that was that's a huge thing for young people. To, you know, Im- you're going to embrace what you've got, um, and you know you don't have experience if you're a young entrepreneur getting it, getting started. But you've got uh, a vision. You've got an idea of how things could be. Um, and you know your, your experience and your, your asset is that you have a lot of time on your side, and you, you don't know how the existing you know, ways of things are doing. So you can you can try and reinvent them if you think that that's how they should be. I love it. It's so it's so true, and I think that touching on that point of you know uh, the, all of us, all our peers out there listening who are you know that kind of we're the next generation, and we don't have all that experience that you know all of those above us do. And, and I think it, it's, so, it's seeing that as a benefit that really can help us get far. And that's exactly what you did, which is so cool to see. Yeah. I mean, you just get depressed if you, if you yeah. look at it from the other side of things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's, true. And I, I almost feel like on that, on that note, I almost feel like half the things that need to be created wouldn't be created. That's right, there yeah. wasn't a you know, touch of naivety in there of going, I think we could do that. You that's know, right. where do you think that comes from for you. So where do you think that idea of, I think we could tackle that. I think, you know what, we're the right people to make that happen. Where do you think that comes from? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like going deep. <laughs> but I think we we just saw that no one was doing what, what we, no one was addressing the problem, which mm. I, I think applies to a lot of 
a lot of startup stories. Um, no one was there. We didn't know that we would particularly be the best people at doing it, mm-hmm. but you know, no one else was doing it. We had a few skills. Um, we thought we could learn some of the other skills that we needed and find the other people along the way. Um, and so we we're going to get started, whether it lasted a month, and that'd be fine. We'd have learned a bit and moved on. Um, and it just has kind of continued since then, and it continued right into Incubate, which is when we kind of realised that, okay, we're doing okay at this. Um, but yeah, that, that, that challenge of just continuously solving problem, problems and realising that you, know, you, you may never make it the whole way, but as, as long as you keep going, uh, it, it's getting easy with every step of the way and things start to start to open up. But I, yeah, a bit of ego, I don't know, looking back now, if I, I think I, I say to a few people now, if we knew what we knew about this now, we probably wouldn't have got started. Uh, so <laughs> that's probably a good thing that we didn't know it. it it's so true. And so many founders say that. Yeah. It, it's always, <laughs> looking back now, I wouldn't have even bothered. That's but, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, glad we're I glad. That, yeah, we're, yeah. And we we're all glad that you did because, I mean, you know, we'll dive into this a little bit later, but it's that idea of you guys almost being that like beacon of hope or, you know, you can do what you set out to do. And, you know, it may seem crazy to other people and then people might just be like, oh, well, you're, so, you're too young, you're too this or you're too that. But, you know, it, it's possible. Mm. So, yeah, I love that. Amazing. Okay, so I want to dive into um, your passion for climate change. So you, you've touched on this to start off with, you know, you said that experience, that early experience you had was kind of the first experience in almost startup land, you know, that first campaign that you built. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, yeah, your passion for climate change. You know, you currently sit on the board of Ausgreen um, and you have been for the last four, four and a half years. So talk to us a little bit about that and where this comes from. Yeah, I think um, I've, I've been pretty passionate about the environment generally since I was a young kid. And I think that was growing up near the beaches of Sydney, uh, you know, and then just witnessing that um, incredibly concerned about climate change because I think it's the greatest economic, it's the greatest moral, environmental, health, everything challenge of our time. And uh, I, I felt a really strong uh, sense of you know, an, an injustice when I was, I was younger that, you know, I was growing up in this world that, you know, our generation uh, is really the first generation who's going to witness most of the consequences of climate change uh, and the older generations didn't seem to be taking it as seriously as we were, as concerned as we and, and, and my friends were. So, you know, again, it would, it would really be up to us to, to put that pressure and that we had a really strong voice that we should be talking out as young people. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the experiences that I learned from getting involved in that kind of activism, which a lot of people do, whether it's in high school or university, was really the start of my entrepreneurial and my, my career in, in a lot of ways. There's so many skills that I learned that I just wouldn't have learned at school or in a degree. Uh, it's very similar skills to startup skills, you know, basic project management, how to organize people, you know, how do you pick up the phone and convince someone that they should come along to something and help you out with something? How do you write a piece of content on Facebook, which is going to get someone interested in your event or following that? Um, and so it was those real you know, sort of basic soft skills, the people skills, uh, kind of camp, I think campaigning skills in a, in a lot of ways are really similar to, to startup skills. And, and how do you, you know, market your startup? to staff, to investors. Uh, it's, it's, it's really sort of marketing or, or political campaigns in a way. Um, so that was a, that was a really, really interesting journey that I, that I went along. Um, and I'd, I'd really encourage learning people, you know, if there's a cause that you're passionate about, to get involved with the group, help organise it, help get involved in things um, because there's, it's, there's, there's, you know, they're not multinational businesses who have everything sorted out and, and big uh, like, like you would in a grad job environment. So the opportunity for you 
similar to a startup to get in and get your hands real dirty on a, on a big problem that no one else has the capacity to solve and make a really big impact is there, particularly if it's something that you really care about, if it's a, you know, a social or an environmental issue. I think that I actually couldn't agree more with that. I think there's so many there's so many parallels against you know that campaigning side, that that marketing piece, and then going out there and doing something on your own. And even if not to do something, even if it's not doing something on your own, it's it's being having that entrepreneurial spirit spirit in your job and having the ability to go to your boss. Hey, I think we could do this differently, or why don't we try this? And I think it's so cool that you learnt those foundational kind of skills whilst you were so young and whilst you were campaigning and and kind of doing something for the great good so i love that yeah and, and, and again like those those opportunities come mostly in in startups or in you know small underfunded <laughs> organizations <laughs> it's very true and i think there is a there's a lot of hype now around well, I, mean, I think there always has been around those big corporations big companies and having that status and yeah. whatnot coming out of university and i think it's just i mean don't get me wrong that's that's also another option it's Absolutely, obviously a great yeah, path yeah. but it, you know I think that there's so much power and there's so much kind of undervalued you know I think starting something your own or even getting in on a startup or a, or a, you know not very funded organisation or non-for-profit has there's so much value there yeah absolutely there's value on both sides I mean exactly. like I, I, I kind of wish that I was able to do maybe six months or a year at a management consultant or an agency yeah. before I started just to learn yes. you know, how they lay out presentations and yep. excels and all those real basic things <laughs> but, um, but yeah it's you need them startups as well mm-hmm. yeah it's so true I love it awesome Jason so look so much cool conversation coming going on to here today and you know as we you know come to close of our episode and and your story and your journey I just want to firstly acknowledge you for the awesome work you've done and that you're doing you know you really are kind of a symbol or a role model for those of our generation who want to step up who want to do something different and who who are unsure if, if they can do it. And you're just the living, breathing kind of version and, and symbol that you can do it. So we really appreciate you for that. Thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So we'll head into our final question, which is how we finish all of our interviews here at The Peers Project. And that is, what is the value of doing what you're most passionate about? Yeah, uh, there's so much value. I think you you really have no conception of what it is and there's so much meaning. The meaning that you can get out of it is just forever greater than anything that, that you, that when you well, I mean, why would you do a- anything else? I think I might be stealing a few other <laughs> guests on this podcast <laughs> quote, but, um, like, but, but really because you, that's where you're going to find the strength in, it, in, in so many moments when the, the, the going gets tough and particularly in a startup, there's so many moments where I thought, wow, if I, if I didn't actually, you know, love the weeds and, you know, kind of the worst aspects of this job, then, then I, I wouldn't be here if this was a, you know, a financial services startup or a, you know, a, a marketing you know, SaaS something something other startup I, was, I, w- I wouldn't be here this I, I wouldn't put push through in this crucial moment when it's making content about you know, basketball which we, which we love mm-hmm. you know, it gives you that passion to, to push through um, and it makes you find the challenges I think to, to, you know looking under the rocks for things and the problems that can be solved and the efficiencies that can be found um, you just don't do that when you're not passionate about something any kind of you know more tunnel vision looking forward but when you're passionate and you have your eyes open and you, you live and breathe your job and it doesn't feel like work when you're doing it you know over the weekends or late at night uh, you're just going to go that much further 
and excel that much more in life and, and get so much out of out of it and, and the people around you as well like finding people who also share that with you uh, the, the, the the camaraderie that you can create uh, it's really nothing beats it I don't think it's there's not there's really no alternative um, it's fine to it's hard to you know find those opportunities but once you can find them I'd you know grab them with two hands and, and never let go I love it I love it Jaden thanks so much for coming on the show we've had some phenomenal conversation I cannot wait for everyone to listen to this thanks so much for having me on it's been great cheers and for everyone else listening we will end with that Piers that's a wrap thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Piers to Piers podcast we hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. <laughs> <laughs>